Hey, welcome back to the Tricks of the Governor to show. They have been found. This check this out. Sounds great. Sumerian origins. They have been found Anunnaki sites of Enki and Lil and puzzling strange features of the Abzu. The Anunnaki were part of a pantheon of gods and goddesses who ruled over the day-to-day -day lives of humans down on Earth. This is Sumerian origins. All the different civilizations claimed and worshipped various numbers and kinds of deities. The Anunnaki were generally considered the most powerful. Intriguing and mysterious in their own right. Modern researchers have uncovered some unusual characteristics and claims about the Anunnaki. Most authors have focused on these ancient deities as extraterrestrial beings who came down, mated with, or created Fallen modern angels. humans, and designed most of the great wonders of the world, Nephilim. including the Egyptian pyramids, with advanced technology. While some dismiss Bible their ideas and too. translations, some very intriguing evidence that? still exists in the records and artifacts of various places on Earth ancient handbags and wristwatches on the rock carvings of ancient sumeria egypt south america and turkey mysterious similarities emerge one such pattern is the use of small satchels by many of the main gods and goddesses from those civilizations these days people use small satchels for both fashion and function but what were the gods using them for and why did deities worshipped in places far apart in both position and time use them too the earliest depiction of these satchels of the gods appeared in Mesopotamia, generally considered the birthplace of civilization. Intricate carvings of their deities showed a bearded humanoid with vast wings, an elaborate headdress, long robe, satchel, and even a wristwatch. Travel halfway around the globe to find evidence from the Aztec and Maya civilizations in ancient South America. Here, archaeologists have found depictions of their gods as humanoid with beards and headdresses and also carrying the exact oh. same small bag. Other gods with bags locations include Graham Tula Hancock from the Toltec Empire, Gobekli Tepe in Turkey, and even Egypt. The Anunnaki Explanation The striking oh, similarities between some cultures logically point to some connection or common influence. With the ancient Pull tales up. of the Anunnaki, the explanation becomes clearer. These Sumerian gods were said similarities to emerge. One such pattern is the use of small satchels by many of the Cuneiform. main gods and goddesses from those civilizations. These days, people use small satchels for both fashion and function. But what were the gods using them for? And why did deities worshipped in places far apart in both position and time use them too? The earliest depiction of these satchels of the gods appeared in Mesopotamia, generally considered the birthplace of civilization. Intricate carvings of their deities showed a bearded humanoid with vast wings, an elaborate headdress, long robe, satchel, and even a wristwatch. Travel halfway around the globe to find evidence from the Aztec and Maya civilizations in ancient South America. Here, archaeologists have found depictions of their gods as humanoid with beards and headdresses, and also carrying oh. the exact same small bag. God damn it, I missed that picture. Come on, fucker. Draw that. Considered the birthplace of civilization. Intricate carvings of their deities showed a bearded humanoid with vast wings, an elaborate headdress, long robe, satchel, and even a wristwatch. Travel halfway around the globe to find evidence from the Aztec and Maya civilizations in ancient South America. Here, archaeologists have found depictions of their gods as humanoid with beards and headdresses and also carrying the exact same small bag. 
Other gods with bags locations include Tula from the Toltec Empire, Gobekli Tepe in Turkey, and even Egypt. The Anunnaki explanation. The striking similarities between cultures logically point to some connection or common influence. With the ancient tales of the Anunnaki, the explanation becomes clearer. These Sumerian gods were said not only to control and guide human civilization, but also to bestow on them great gifts of knowledge and technology. With them, people were able to build massive pyramids and temples all over the world. Music Jesse Kubrick, videographer David Waters. It's pretty great, actually. Video editing Amanda Richards. Priest King, recognize that one. Post-production Rebecca Mornay. Isn't she a mysterious planet out there in the universe with the express purpose to develop our world and guide the people on it? Many guesses about the contents of these mysterious bags exist. Some mundane ideas include water, seeds, or that the carvings depict the deities receiving offerings from worshippers. Other explanations include the bags being toolboxes with high-tech gadgets, battery packs to power them, breathing apparatuses so the mm. aliens can survive more comfortably, mm. and simply magic. Although no researchers can find evidence that clearly states what is inside these handbags, they show up all over the ancient world. One thing is certain. Something about them was extremely important if it was regularly carried by the gods. In the end, the similarities between the stone carvings and reliefs found across multiple civilizations all over the world are striking due to the curiosity they arouse. Nothing was ever inscribed on a table or scroll that included what the gods' handbags really were, but their presence indicates one logical conclusion. These diverse and faraway so civilizations were visited somehow. by the same humanoid creatures carrying important items whom they claim as their deities and worshipped. The 22,000 Tablets of Nineveh if carvings and images do not provide enough proof of the mysterious beings and their contribution to ancient civilization around the world, the earliest known library may help. From the Kingdom of Nineveh, which existed somewhere in what is now modern Iraq, comes a vast knowledge of over 20,000 clay tablets inscribed with information and stories from the ancient land. Found in 1850 by a British archaeological expedition led by Austin Henry Layard and Sir Stratford Canning, the clay tablets are now held in the British Museum. Over the years, many historians have worked to decipher the tiny writings that fills the slabs from top to bottom. Where did these tablets come from? Nineveh was part of Assyria that existed from 6000 BCE until 1500 CE. This successful city had many rulers and belief systems throughout the centuries. A king named Ashurbanipal in the mid-600s BCE had created a vast library with these clay tablets at its center. There is no question that ancient Nineveh and the Assyrian civilization at large was one of the finest and most advanced in those years. It fought wars, traded, built magnificent palaces, temples, and other buildings, including the library that held these clay tablets. What do the tablets say? 
The ruler Ashurbanipal left nothing out when collecting his vast library. Not only did he oversee the composition of every piece of cuneiform text on the tablets, but he also collected various artifacts. His goal was apparently to record the history of humankind from the earliest days to his present time. Researchers pieced together the ancient Sumerian language largely from these tablets, much as others use the Rosetta Stone for Egyptian and Akkadian languages. Some of the Ashurbanipal tablets were written in Akkadian, which makes the translations easier. Among records of historical scientific ideas of the time, ancient civilizations on Gaia. Right now, we have to because the evidence no longer supports the story of the past. The fictional legends and stories, the clay writings also spoke of deities worshipped in the area. The revelations of unusually advanced building, mining, agriculture, and other studies are answered by the stories of the Anunnaki that have also been found. The Anunnaki's Hand in Assyria. A special selection of seven tablets from the vast library was also called the Seven Tablets of Creation. This, together with a list of ancient Sumerian kings who supposedly ruled for hundreds or thousands of years, clearly speak of non-human beings with special lives and powers. The Anunnaki gods ruled until the biblical flood, which was also described in the tablets. Historical tales collected here include Sumerian associations with the gods and goddesses who either helped to build or completely built the modern cities for the people and taught them advanced ways to prosper. Ayo. God damn it. Translations by a Sumerian scholar reveal a lot of information about the ancient aliens who traveled through space from their home planet to land on Earth and prepare it for humans. Inanna as Statue of Liberty. Unique carvings, okay. ancient clay tablets, and the studies of various researchers have shown considerable similarities between origin and expansion stories of different civilizations around the whole world. Europe and North America do not escape the ancient Sumerian and Anunnaki influences. One of the most iconic symbols of the United States of America is the massive Statue of Liberty that now graces New York Harbor. It was originally designed by Frédéric Bartholdi, a sculptor from France. The idea came from the Civil War era Edouard Louvalet, a Freemason who wanted to create a statue of the group's favorite goddess. Lady Liberty's Earlier Inspirations Libertas, the Roman goddess of personal freedom, is often depicted robed in a toga similar to the one Lady Liberty wears. Sometimes she was shown naked, as her role in Rome was as mother to harlots. Women freed from prison often found themselves doing all sorts to survive. Thus, for them, freedom equaled service of another kind. Libertas holds aloft the torch, guiding people to their own ideals of freedom. But the Romans did not invent this concept, nor the deity herself. As with many religious ideals and images throughout history, Libertas was borrowed from a more ancient belief system. Who the goddess was through time. The Roman Libertas is a recreation of the Babylonian goddess Ishtar. The Greeks also worshipped this goddess, but the writings of Cicero reveals that she was borrowed from earlier Middle Eastern civilizations. In Greece, she becomes Aphrodite. In Egypt, she was called Isis. In Sumeria, the oldest civilization with records of this goddess, she was called Inanna, which meant Queen of Heaven and was said to have flown among the stars. How the Statue of Liberty connects to ancient Babylon's Ishtar or Inanna. The combination of Laboulaye's Freemasonry and the influence of ancient civilization through time helped form the structure of what Lady Liberty looks like. For example, the seven spikes on her crown were said to spread enlightenment over the seven continents of the earth. 
The tablets at her feet represent law in a loose sense. Emma Lazarus's poem, etched into the statue's base, calls it the Mother of Exiles, which is very close to the Roman designation of Libertas as being the goddess of immigrants. These similarities cannot come by mere chance. The physical appearance, the historical comparison to other cultures' goddesses, and the source of her design and building all combine to create a strong association between the Statue of Liberty and Inanna or Ishtar, the Babylonian goddess of personal freedom and prostitution. The Anunnaki and the Tree of Creation. Ancient Sumerian gods and goddesses played a role in the formation of modern religious beliefs, too. In the Christian Bible and various Gnostic texts, the original story of Adam and Eve and the Tree of Creation, or the Tree of Knowledge of Good and Evil, is repeated with various changes. Tales from Sumer of long ago describe how the original god Enki was actually the one who launched humanity by impregnating Eve. As most cultures borrow from ones in the past, the people who penned Genesis were probably influenced by the Sumerian epic of creation that came before. It makes sense since this was around 600 BCE when many Hebrews were enslaved in Sumeria or Babylon. Each follows a similar path of creating the heavens, land, plants, and animals, and then a man first and women after. The Sumerian story, however, includes multiple gods helping to create everything, including multiple planets. Multiple gods and planets at the dawn of time. The Hebrews were monotheistic and unlikely to adopt the idea of more than one god working on the first people. So they just took that part out when they made the story their own. Still, in multiple places in the Bible, including the creation story, there is a use of us, or we, mentioned in the relation to God. Who were these multiple God? Lightsabers are finally a reality, yeah, and you can own one. This new military flashlight is basically a lightsaber that fits. Gods, and what were the planets the Babylonians spoke of? On seven of these clay tablets found in the library of Ashurbanipal, their creation story is laid out clearly. Somehow, the Sumerians were told by these deities, coming from heaven, that there were multiple planets out there, including one called Nibiru. This tale of the Tree of Creation is strikingly similar to the Anunnaki extraterrestrial idea that states the aliens came to Earth to create a race of beings who would become humans. The reason? To mine gold for them, which is uniquely mentioned in the Bible's first book of Genesis. Why the Anunnaki? In their quest to create a population of gold miners, the alien rulers created Adam and Eve, which could be either the first two people ever, or representative of a group of people. The Sumerian gods Enki and Enlil, respectively gods of the earth and waters and of the air and earth, are the main forces in the Anunnaki under their father Anu, who was the top god. In the creation myth, it was Enki and Enlil who wanted to make people. They were, supposedly, alien genetic engineers creating their master race. The blending of Sumerian myths and the idea that the Anunnaki were actually extraterrestrial beings followed the same path. Instead of gods creating and then impregnating Eve for the first that? time, the aliens did it in their attempt at getting the labor they needed to get the gold. The tree of creation was symbolic of not only the dawn of what the Bible calls Nephilim, offspring of humans and Anunnaki, angels or aliens, but also of the highly advanced knowledge that the alien leaders gave to them. The Sumerian Rod and the Ring of Divine Kingship Symbolism Carved stone stelas, seals, and other artistic pieces frequently show a god or goddess handing over a rod and ring item to a new or reigning king. This is frequently shown as a type of gift to a ruler who is sacrificing or presenting something to the deities. 
The general impression from the carvings and accompanying tales indicates that this rod and ring bestows divine kingship to the recipient. Role of religion in Sumerian royalty. In this powerful ancient civilization, the priests and priestesses held much the same power as the king. They made and upheld laws, organized and lorded over the trade agreements, and held other important jobs. Priests could also be scribes. Priestesses performed dental and medical assistance to the people. More importantly, these religious leaders were the go-between for humans and the gods and goddesses who made up the Sumerian pantheon. As the people believed the deities controlled everything, this was an exceptionally vital role. The idea of divine kingship. In truth, the priests may have been more important than the kings since they decided and reported who the gods and goddesses gave divine kingship to. Essentially, much like the later pharaohs of Egypt, Sumerian kings were bestowed their regal status by the gods directly. This is what the rod and ring symbols represent. Symbolic meaning of the rod and ring structure. Circles frequently mean eternity, and the ring in the Sumerian divinity-king relationship echoes that. The shape also brings to mind the Egyptian symbol for eternity or continuity. Although there is no way Sumerian kings ruled forever since they were mortal, perhaps it indicated that they would be blessed by the gods for that long. The rod is akin to the classic royal scepter or staff that many rulers throughout history have used. In conjunction with the eternal nature of the ring, the rod may symbolize a period of time that has a beginning and end. For mortal rulers, this would indicate his lifetime. This idea is supported by a tale of Inanna gathering her measuring rod before descending into the world below. Combined, the messages that the Anunnaki bestowed upon the rulers of ancient Sumeria could have been that they had the favor of the gods, who were eternal, but only for their lifetime. The Sumerian rod and ring design used on stone carvings and other artwork represents the idea of divine kingship and support while still keeping the eternal gods separate from the mortal kings. Although there is no direct connection between this symbol and the theory that the Anunnaki were extraterrestrial beings, it would make sense that visitors from other worlds intent on creating a race of humans for their own purposes would present them with special gifts to indicate their perceived power on Earth. The Sumerian Origins of Easter Christians in these modern days celebrate Easter as the day Jesus rose from the dead. They worship at church and engage in various symbolic activities such as hiding Easter eggs and leaving baskets of candy from the Easter Bunny. Obviously the Bible mentions nothing about painted eggs and cleverly wrapped chocolates. What many Christians may be surprised to know is that Easter started well before Jesus was said to have lived. Easter comes from Ishtar, the ancient Babylonian goddess of spring and fertility. In Sumeria she was called Inanna who was the granddaughter of one of the major gods in Lil in their pantheon. Ishtar, the most commonly known name of this multi-culture goddess, was also the queen of heaven. She was a pivotal figure in the first religion ever to arise on earth. Her godly husband named Nimrod was described as a sun god and was represented by many names across many ancient religions. How does Ishtar relate to Easter? Besides the word itself coming from the goddess's name, and the celebration be I want to answer that because uh, they wanted to take away uh, worship of a woman or devotion toward a woman goddess figure and uh, 
the the there are lots of there's lots of symbolism other people have done um, pretty great work on um, deconstructing Easter what happened to it man fuck oh shit are you serious of this spring holiday and what people would do way back in ancient Babylon. It seems eggs played an important role in the early celebrations. Of course, they are a symbol of rebirth and renewal, an ancient sun god, and was represented by many names across many ancient religions. How does Ishtar relate to Easter? Besides the word itself coming from the goddess's name and the celebration being for the return of the king of heaven, there are other similarities between our modern-day celebration of this spring holiday and what people would do way back in ancient Babylon. It seems eggs played an important role in the early celebrations. Of course, they are a symbol of rebirth and renewal. An ancient legend also tells of a massive egg. Many of you don't know about these $35 earbuds, but they are amazing. They're $35 egg that falls from the sky and landed near their civilization center. This sounds suspiciously like some sort of extraterrestrial aircraft that aligns with the alien theory of the Anunnaki. The legend continues by saying when Ishtar emerged from the egg, she would bestow gifts to whoever found it. Other similarities between celebrations. Besides tales of a mysterious egg from the heavens, much of the same things were done to celebrate the returning of spring and the queen and king of heaven. People and especially priests dressed in their finest new clothes, beautiful flowers were strewn about, and people held special ceremonies at sunrise. Throughout the ages, all around the world, civilizations celebrate the return of the rising sun and the warmth that brings new crops and new baby animals. The symbols associated with these things, rabbits who breed readily, eggs and flowers, were used equally in Babylonian celebrations of Ishtar and modern Easter worship as well. Either this means that some real connection exists that strings together the ancient Anunnaki deities or beings with our modern belief systems, or the cultures are very good at borrowing from one another for assimilating purposes. Either way, when modern Christians search for painted eggs, enjoy springtime candy, and head out to church to celebrate the rising of Jesus Christ, they may be surprised to know that it all began thousands of years ago with a sun goddess who may have actually been an extraterrestrial. The Anunnaki family tree and immortality. Way back at the dawn of civilization in ancient Mesopotamia and around the area of the Tigris and Euphrates River, the Sumerians arose as a strong and considerably advanced group of people who worshipped a pantheon of gods called the Anunnaki. As all gods usually are, these celestial beings were immortal and quite powerful. Their family tree stretches throughout many generations. Their immortality means that more and more gods and goddesses were added to the group all the time. The High God Anu. The name of this god simply means sky. He ruled over the heavens, the stars, and all the other gods in the Anunnaki family tree. 
His wife's name, He, translated as Earth. Together they ruled the whole existence and the people who worshipped them. Anu was not only the main god worshipped by the Sumerians, but his name is also the first part of the term Anunnaki, which means sky or heaven, descend, earth. Thus, the name of the family tree that describes the gods and goddesses of later generations was literally those who descended from heaven and came to earth. They were described as physical beings who existed alongside the humans and helped them. Ancient Sumerians may have been superstitious, but they were not unintelligent. They described the extraterrestrial visitors who came to bestow upon them gifts and knowledge to advance their civilization as deities. Both would come out of the sky down to the land where they lived. Generations of Anunnaki The Sumerians had an explanation for where Anu came from. He descended from more nebulous forms that were not physically present with the people of that day, such as Tiamat, alternatively called a dragon and the saltwater sea, and Apsu, the personification of fresh water, which is the source of all life. Different sources have different family trees of the ancient Anunnaki based on location and source. An alternative one puts Anu, the sky god, above Tiamat and Apsu, as well as their most well-known sons, Enki and Enlil, the lords of earth and wisdom, and air respectively. Alien Bloodlines When exploring the idea that the Anunnaki were really extraterrestrial beings that came down to early humans, genetically engineered them to be more intelligent, advanced, and how to guide the creation of ancient civilizations, the pantheon of gods and goddesses reads more like a description of specialities than magical powers. Although the source of the alien beings is lost a Oops. Okay, the Anunnaki, I'm looking at Wikipedia. Also, uh, um, transcribed to an, you know, Anuna. A group of deities of the ancient Sumerians, Akkadians, Assyrians, and Babylonians. In the earliest Sumerian writings about them, which come from the post-Akkadian period, the Anunnaki are deities in the pantheon. Descendants of An and Ki, An and Ki, the god of the heavens and the goddess of earth, and their primary function was to decree the fates of humanity. Four copper alloy foundation figures depicting ancient Mesopotamia gods wearing characteristic horned crowns. Horned crowns. See some pictures. Enki, Sumerian god of water, knowledge, crafts, and creation in one of the Anunnaki, is later known as. Aya or A-E, E-A or A-E in Akkadian, Assyrian, Babylonian religion, and is identified by some scholars with Aya, is that an I-A, in Can Canaanite religion. The name was rendered Aos, A-O-S, in Greek sources, e.g. Damascus. Enki, God of creation, intelligence, crafts, water, seawater, lake water, fertility, semen, magic, and mischief. 
Detail of Enki from the Ada seal, ADDA, an ancient Akkadian cylinder seal dating to circa 2300 BC. Okay, take a picture of that. Goatfish, goatfish, chimera. Hmm. Anyway, oh, so what the what the goat? Consort Ninhursag Damkina. Children Marduk, Dumizid, Ninsar, Ninkura, Utu, Ninti. Greek equivalent Poseidon and Prometheus. Um, he was originally a patron god of the city of Eridu, but later the influence of his cult spread throughout Mesopotamia and to the Canaanites, Hittites, and Hurrians. He was associated with the southern band of constellations called... Whoa. ...called Stars of Ea, E-A, but also with the constellation of Asiku, the field square of Pegasus. Beginning around the 2nd millennium BCE, he was sometimes referred to in writing by the numeric to ideogram 40. Occasionally referred to as the sacred number. The planet Mercury associated with Babylonian Nabu, the son of Marduk, was in Sumerian times identified with Enki. How would they know about uh, Mercury unless they knew, unless they had practiced galactic travel. Many myths about Enki have been collected from various sites stretching from southern Iraq to the Levantine coast. He's mentioned in the early 16th Cuneiform inscriptions throughout the region and was prominent from the third millennium down to the whole Hellenistic periods. Okay, Minho Saga Nanaki Sumerian religion. Alright, Enki. Let's see some more pictures of Enki. Okay, that's good enough for now, Trista. Let's get back to the show. The legend and myth, they still may have appeared immortal to the humans due to their very long lifetimes, which legends say measured in the thousands or tens of thousands of years. As with most ancient religions and shared with the alien theory of the un- Naki. The gods bred with humans and created rulers and helpers. The Anunnaki demigods, the Apkalu. Before there were human-alien hybrids or the Anunnaki themselves, there were the Apkalu, or demigods. These were the creatures who existed before all human knowledge began. They were described as fishmen and birdmen who attended to the Tree of Life. Their job was to give humankind the knowledge they needed to advance the moral codes necessary to do so within God's acceptance and also protect them from the demons and illnesses. Enki, the holy son of the high god Anu, was said to be directly in charge of these demigods. In various myths of those times, they were referred to as his priests or sages. The Apkalu themselves were not deities. The Apkalu as biblical Nephilim. When combined with the religious doctrines from around the world, 
Many see them as the biblical Nephilim, who descended from heaven to protect and provide services for mankind. This is also supported by the tales of them causing horrible situations as well as horrible ones. The intricate combination of the legends from various sources tells of the watchers who fell from the heaven or the skies and thus retained their quasi-divinity while losing their immortality. These basic characteristics apply to angels who fell with Satan, the Apkalu fishermen and the who were described as men of renown, heroes of old. All of these tales also mention a story similar to the Garden of Eden and the first creations of God falling from grace. In the beginning, after a great devastation, the gods came and manifested humans again. And this is a theme that we see repeated all over the world. There's a continuity in the stories that cannot be dismissed. One of those continuities is the story of the Great Flood that's reflected in the Babylonian text, in the Hebrew text, in the Egyptian text. They all mention something similar. When you do a deep survey into the myths from around the world, it talks about a dark world of an age and then there's this cataclysm and this flood occurs and the individual escapes the flood and then after that it is the beginning of this golden age I guess the um, Garden of Eden well, can be pulled the flood ancient Sumerian legends. After the people in the garden disobey, they put on fig leaves or a fish cloak, lose their immortal status, fish and are cast out onto earth. Thus, the later story from the Christian Bible is a retelling of the Sumerian tale of Adapa, Adam, becoming human. He was watched over by the fishmen near the tree of life, but when he failed to observe the divine rules, they facilitated his removal. Other common legends of the Apkalu. Besides the dawn of humankind, these fish and birdmen of Kalu also had an influence on other common tales attributed more recently to a monolithic god. For example, the story of Noah's Ark and a great flood showed up first in Mesopotamian literature. It was even mentioned in the quite famous epic of Gilgamesh, generally thought to be one of the first full stories ever created on Earth. The fact that the Anunnaki demigods' legends transferred so easily to future civilizations and religions gives us an indication of how essential they were to their function and belief system. Were these fishmen and birdmen really fallen angels who rebelled against God to join with the mortal beings on earth? Were they primordial beings that simply tended to the tree of life? Or were they the first alien visitors who orchestrated the rise of the human civilization from its earliest roots? Either way, the Apkala remain an intriguing idea with threads that wind through history. The Serpent of Life, Wisdom, and Ningijida. The intertwining stories that surround the Tree of Life and creation myths have another characteristic in common. The inclusion of a lurking serpent. In the biblical tales, the snake was a trickster, sometimes a symbol of Satan himself, who tempted Eve with the knowledge of good and evil. He invited her to become like God, something she could ultimately not withstand. 
In Sumerian lore, Ningijida directly translates to Lord of the Good Tree. Instead of an evil force, he was a god of vegetation and the underworld, and not particularly unpleasant. He is sometimes said to be the great dragon instead of a simple snake, and was responsible for planting the tree of life himself. But this was also attributed to Enki, the creator of mankind and bestower of wisdom. Ningijida in other cultures. Early civilizations in the Indus River Valley have very similar tales of their origin. However, instead of accepting that they were borrowed or influenced by Sumerian and Mesopotamian lore, they considered it a local story. Instead of a snake, this figure looked more like a bull, which is, of course, quite popular even today in Indian religious teachings. It shared characteristics with a serpent, even though these characteristics were varied and dual in many examples of folklore. The dragon, serpent, or bull could speak, possibly transformed into a humanoid shape, and act as a go-between for the gods. In Indus Valley beliefs, people needed to sacrifice the bull in order for it to reach heaven. Some consider Nagas to represent a closer version of Ningajita. Symbolism of the Serpent of Life and Wisdom Although the similarities between the various ancient cultures are intriguing and point to some greater overreaching truth, it is the symbolism of the original serpent shape that tells us the most about its meaning. The early Indians used a bull because it aligned with their personal interests. The much older Sumerian serpent stands as the true origin of this character. Have you ever seen a medical caduceus? This icon has a vertical rod at the center, wings spread on top, and two intertwining serpents wrapped around it. Some indicate the rod is the spine, the serpents part of the nervous system, and the wings represent the brain. The two snakes are also indicative of DNA. This image quality comes from the Anunnaki god Enki, who was said to be the creator of all things and the lord of all wisdom. Many attributes of a snake are attributed to him. The idea of a rebirth through the shedding of skin, cunning and cleverness, the ability to survive despite hardship. Symbolically, they also stood for wisdom and eternal light. When this symbol of Enki is inserted into the Garden of Eden story, the serpent takes on new meaning. That clever trickster who tempted Eve was not a demon intent on the downfall of humankind. Instead, it was a changeable force intent on bestowing great knowledge and wisdom on them. This in turn supported them after they were cast out to the earth and enabled them to create the advanced civilizations frequently contributed to the Anunnaki's direct influences on humans. Sumerian Anunnaki influence on world cultures. From the very beginning when Sumer was one of the best and only civilizations in the world, its deities, legends and folklore affected other ones that arose around or after it. While many people know the more common stories of the Christian Bible and can now see how they were even influenced by Sumerian tales, other cultures throughout time have been thus affected. The Anunnaki had an ongoing and integral influence on everyone from the very first human beings on Earth to the modern age. Historical evidence gives clues that support this theory in ancient Egypt, the Greco-Roman period, and even all the way across the ocean in South America. Anunnaki influence in Egypt One intriguing style of artwork found in Egyptian tombs and temples is a winged disc motif. While generally said to represent Ra, the sun god, its similarity to the Sumerian idea of extraterrestrial gods coming down to protect them is quite stark. Some say it even represents Nibiru, which is the name of the planet the Anunnaki come from. Greco-Roman Anunnaki The ancient Sumerian tales obviously have great influence on the early Christians and their Bible. 
as well as Gnostic texts like the Jewish Book of Enoch. There were also similarities between various members of the Anunnaki family tree and the gods and goddesses worshipped by both the Greeks and the Romans. For example, the Greek tales of the gods overthrowing titans include one very reminiscent of Anu. He was a god of the heavens and had a very similar progeny. The concept of the primordial gods that existed before the ones the people worshipped directly may have come from Sumerian tales. South American Signs of Anunnaki Influence It makes undeniable sense that ancient civilizations that were geographically close to each other should share certain cultural tales and beliefs. For those people who do not believe in the possibility of the Anunnaki being extraterrestrial in origin, the religious beliefs surrounding their deities could travel from Sumeria to Egypt to Greece over a period of some time with relative ease. However, when the same influences jumped the Atlantic Ocean and ended up in the central... Visit Sweetwater.com for the widest selection of music gear at the best prices. Experience our award-winning customer service Central and South Americas. It becomes more difficult to disbelieve some supernatural or alien influence. When investigating both the folklore and the artifacts from the Mayan, Aztec, and Olmec civilizations, it becomes obvious that the Anunnaki's influence stretched much farther. Ancient South American lore tells a tale of three gods named Kukulkan, Quetzalcoatl, and Viracocha, mostly humanoid with white skin, reddish beards, and unusually blue eyes. These would be very unusual features for a native South American person to have in those days. Not only were these gods unusual looking, but they were also depicted with startling similarities to Sumerian gods. Partially reptilian or bird-like faces, feathered wings, and holding what could be a pine cone and a small bag. The similarities are difficult to ignore. How did people all the way around the globe explain their gods in such a similar way? They were related. Same people. Is that it? Um, I'm excited. So. Mm. Are you guys still there? Stupid ass Kevin at DHS keeps, um, suppressing my podcast, by the way. There's a huge list of of uh, podcasts that I was unable to upload from my phone because I guess uh, Kevin and DHS wants to shut me down. Anyway, so please, um, if you see this or if you hear this podcast and you think it's pretty cool what I'm doing with like politics, AF, and archaeology AF, and art AF, and music AF, musica, and comedy AF, if you dig this stuff, you know, spread the word, man, and also thanks for almost 11,000 listens now on the Just This Podcast, got a couple podcasts, got two accounts on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, at least two accounts on all those. Anyway, so, um, yeah, that was great. If you like that, go check out some of my other podcasts. I cover Gaia. 
shows, as well as all the pro-democracy podcasts. So, uh, voila, please wear a mask in public indoor spaces. Bye.